You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, listeners. Do you love this show? Are you thinking to yourself, man, it's so great that Holly gets all this free content for us to enjoy. I wonder if there's any way that I could support her and help her to create even better content. Well, you can. And I'm going to actually give you something in return for your support. By joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, not only will you be supporting this independent endeavor, which is my podcast, but you will also get all kinds of super cool perks that are available exclusively to members of my Patreon. That means that you will be able to watch my interviews live as they happen and therefore access them way before everybody else does. You will also be able to get signed prints from my guests. You'll be able to access exclusive bonus content such as My LA Porn Life, the podcast that I do with my production manager, Eva, as well as some exclusive interviews that I do on set with some of the biggest stars in the industry. There's so much at my Patreon for you to enjoy, and I would absolutely love it if you would just go give it a peek, see if it might be worth a couple bucks for you to support the show that you love so much. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer, Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Today on the podcast, I have content creator and porn star, Alex Lynx. Alex tells us about how she went from a background in marketing and PR in the mainstream industry to becoming her own marketing and PR person for the adult content that she creates. She is very much a financially independent boss bitch kind of woman who does her own thing and does not rely on any of the big studios for her income. And she's got a lot of great advice as to how she got there and the best ways to create and monetize your own content. So this is a great episode for any other sex workers out there who want to cultivate their own independence. So let's welcome Alex Links to Holly Randall Unfiltered.
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another quarantine version of Holly Randall Unfiltered. Today, I have the model slash entrepreneur slash her own boss bitch, Alex Licks on. And um, she is recording from home. She's kind of out in the mountains. So there are people at her house, which is why you'll hear like a little bit of conversation in the background. But it just adds to like the ambiance of you know, uh, quarantine life as we call it. So Alex, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm actually great. People keep like asking me how I'm doing. You know, I think that everybody expects, um, there to be, okay. Um, babe, I'm just going to wait until you walk past me again before I start answering that. Ernie, can you put a mark in that we're going to cut this out? Sorry. Am I in the shot? Yes, you are in the shot. <sighs> It's okay. It's just when I'm talking to, we, I have to use that shot. Okay. All right. Thank you. See, Alex, not just you. Okay. I feel better. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing the best we can out here. We're doing the best we can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Everybody keeps asking me that question, almost like they're expecting this, like, oh, it's horrible and everything's like really terrible and I miss work and I'm so lonely and I'm depressed. And I'm going to tell you something. I am none of those things. I am. I'm literally enjoying not working so much. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying like kind of focusing on marketing and other things, this podcast that I was never able to do before. Mm -hmm. So I'm having a great time. Good, 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 good. Yeah. I'm I'm the same. I'm like, I'm a super introvert. I I mean, I am not a hard, I am really introverted. So like, this is like, not honestly, not much of a lifestyle change for me. Like I'm such a like, stay at home person. And like, you know, so like, I love it. I'm I'm happy too. Yeah. Uh, What have you been doing during this time period have you like picked up any new hobbies or been working on stuff like besides your normal content creation stuff yeah I mean definitely definitely content creation and it's forced me to like get super creative with it because like I can't Mm -hmm. film with people so I'm I'm like literally back to my OG webcam days where I'm like ordering costumes and like doing cosplay shit and like you know getting super creative with scenarios and all that and it's been fun but aside from that I've just been like you said like, you know, working on stuff you didn't have time to before. Cause same, like I've always wanted to start a blog. I'm very much into like wellness and health and like pretty much living your best life and being your best self. So like, um, now's the time. Now's the time. So I started that. I've been like really going in on making this blog and writing articles. I do that every day and then like working on my music. So I've been really keeping busy and then like also, um, figuring out or there like more creative ways how to make money on OnlyFans and all that stuff. So I'm 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 never bored. I'll just leave it at that. Can you tell me maybe some of these more creative ways that you've been shooting content or um maybe some of like the cosplay stuff? Like what what are you doing like that's a little different now than what you were doing before? Well, like now it's more so like solo stuff for me, but like I, for example, like I ordered like a, I ordered like a Care Bear costume the other day. I was like, oh, this is really cute. I want to do this. So I ordered like this blue Care Bear costume. And like, usually when I film 
for like OnlyFans, it's like I do obviously like role play and stuff, but like it's still like Alex, you know what I mean? I'm still me, but like with this, I want to go like full on like I'm going to pretend to be this character. I ordered like a nerd, a nerd costume. So I'm like, you know what it is? It's a lot more acting on my part, which I, I just love. And anyways, you know, so I'm just like going further into that, like, uh, you know, boss to the wall, if you will. Um, but as far as like other stuff or OnlyFans, like for example, at my birthday's coming up in a couple weeks. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll do like this package deal for OnlyFans where they tip me X amount and they get access to like a special birthday video and a special birthday photo set. And it's like before this, cause I was just filming, I was shooting all the time. So like, I wouldn't like sit down and like think of creative stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and my fans are loving it, you know, they're, yeah. they're, th and I'm thrilled too. Like it's, it's fun for everybody. Like strategizing and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, OnlyFans is a really interesting like microcosm. I have to say that I remember when it first started, um, I didn't believe that it was going to really pick up the way that it has. But there's just something about that platform that really attracts customers and has become such an incredibly profitable endeavor for so many girls. What do you think it is about that platform that is so attractive to your fans? it's it's just the human one-on-one -on -one interaction it's such a personalized experience for every single fan because i'm on there dming my fans twice a day if i know a certain fan loves foot videos i'll make a foot video and be like here you go i made this for you tip me if you want to see it so it's it's a much more personally curated experience so it's like a one-of-a-kind thing that people can't get anywhere else with their favorite star you know so it's like it's it's truly a one of a kind intimate experience with your favorite star and and just having those connections especially now that we're like stuck inside you know like people just want that connection i think that's the bottom line it's all about connection yeah yeah you're absolutely right that was something that i think people have been lacking for a long time I think just in general, but also too, especially as technology advanced and the need to interact with other people became less and less, yes. um, people started losing that human connection with people. And now, especially during the quarantine, where literally you cannot go out and socialize and see other people, um, what a way to kind of expound the problem, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. How are you like at chatting with your fans and stuff like that? Because I have to admit, I get really irritated with some of mine and I get very snappy because <laughs> I just like don't have the patience to deal with some people. But in general, like, and how do you handle like really pushy fans? I make, they leave. I don't. I'm like, you want to be pushy, go somewhere, somewhere else. Like I used to when I first got in, you know, and like even when I first got onto OnlyFans, it was I, really I've just grown into myself as a woman and like as a as an adult human and like setting boundaries and all that and if somebody pushes me I'm like I, I like this is supposed to be fun for me there's a reason why I do this it's so everybody can have fun and relax and if you're gonna push me bye just go yeah. I don't I'm not upset you know there's no shortage of humans on this planet yeah. so yeah. it's fine that's for sure Mm -hmm. um, so let's take it back a little bit. Let's talk about how you actually got into the industry and what led you down the road to become a more independent content creator like you are now. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so I got into the industry, the adult industry as a whole. I started webcamming. So 
let me like rewind here. So I went to college. I like the way I grew up, the way I was raised, I was like, you go to school, you get a good job, like, all, you know, the basics. And so I went mm-hmm. to college, I got my bachelor's in TV broadcasting, and I got my MBA in digital marketing. I, um, and then I was working full time at an office, I was a, a public relations specialist, I was a PR, I was an account executive, I was in charge of clients, I fucking hated it. I fucking hated it so much. It was like, this is what, what I was. What did you hate for. about it? I hated the mundane. What did you hate about it was it? so mundane. It was so mundane and the monotony of driving to the office every day, and then driving back nine to five every day, like clockwork, and sitting at a desk with a thirty-minute lunch break, and it was the same shit every fucking day. Like I had no, I felt so stifled and so stuffed and like I had to dress a certain way, had to act a certain way. You know, I was in a corp, like more or less a corporate setting. And I felt like a, like a fraud. Like I felt like I wasn't, I knew in my soul, I was like, this is not me. Like I'm a very creative, like expressive person and like a, like a gypsy soul, I guess. I love to like, I, I like to do different shit every day. You know, I like to do different things every day and have fun. And like, it was just not for me. And I was like, so taken aback that I felt, you know what it was? I was like, I was sold a lie. That's how I felt. I was like, I was sold this lie that like life would be so great after school. And like, this is a dream that everybody works for. And I got out and I got in that life and I was like, fuck this. Like I hated it. It like sucked the life out of me truly. So I was just like living for the weekends and I would just go like party like crazy to escape that life. And it was just not good. It was not healthy. So it was a blessing in disguise when I got laid off from that job after like a year and a half. And, um, I was like so devastated because like, even though I knew it wasn't right for me, it was just like what I was I'd worked for forever. So it was like what I was supposed to want and be gracious for. Um, But I'm like a very resourceful person. So after that, I was like, okay, I snapped into action. And uh, I had friends who were promotional models. So I did that for a while. I got into that. I loved it. I love going to different locations every day and promoting different brands and products and meeting new people. It was just like the newness of every day, like something new every single day, right? And then I also, um, I started, and also, by the way, when I was working at the PR firm, okay, so like I was being paid X, I don't know, like 20 bucks an hour to write like press releases for these big clients. And then one day I stumbled across a bill that my boss sent for a press release that I had written for like $350 and she paid me 20 an hour. And then when I saw that bill, I was like, I put two and two together. I was like, wait, I could cut out the middleman and I could make... 350 an hour instead of 20 an hour. So I had that in my head. So like after I got laid off from that job too, I started doing some freelancing. So I was making good money doing that like for PR. And then um, I was, I was getting bored. I was getting bored. I picked up a digital marketing gig too. I was bored with that. And then I was at a party and one of my friends like in passing was, this was like two years into that life. And one of my friends when in passing was like, oh, I found this site. It's called My Free Cams. And like, it's really cool. And I was like, oh, tell me more. And he's like, yeah, all these girls just like sit around in their underwear and they play games and chat all day. And like, they make so much money. And I was like, like, he was just telling me this to tell it to me. But in my head, this light bulb went off. And I was like, hmm, okay. So I went home that night and I looked it up and I really did some sleuthing. And I was like, holy shit, like, this looks dope. I want to do this. So it took some thinking on my end because obviously I was well aware that like once you do shit like that on the internet, like 
it's a free for all. People will find you. Yeah, but, you can't take that shit back. Mm-mm. So it took a it took a little bit, like a month or so. But then finally, I was like, no, I'm gonna do this. And when I do things, I do things. Like when I decide, like that's it. So I like. I just decided, I was like, I'm going to be a cam model. Like, that's what I want to do. So I stopped freelancing. I wrote, like, I was, like, more or less working full-time for the social media company, but, like, I wasn't technically a full-time employee, so I resigned from that. I was terrified because I was like, well, I'm supposed to be doing a legitimate, legitimate job. Like, who am I? But I resigned from that. I started webcamming full-time, and, like, uh, I loved it. I killed it, and I loved it. And I was like, I love this. Like, this is incredible. So let me rewind a little, a little back a little bit more. Like when I was a teenager, I had found, um, I think it was like Playboy or something. I found some magazines as we all do at a friend's house and we were like pilfering through them. And there's something about like the women in them. I was just like, wow, they're like so gorgeous. And like, they're so beautiful and they get to live this really dope life. And they're in California. And I was in like Bumblefuck upstate New York. Like there's like a, or no, I'm sorry. I was in Westchester at the time. So it was fine. But like, I grew up, at that time, when I was a teenager, I was in I was in high school, and it was like you know t- small town USA. There was nothing going on. It was cold. I was just like, this is not for me. I I knew I didn't want that life. So even when I was in Westchester after college, like doing the webcaming and stuff, I was still very unsettled. I had this unsettling feeling, and it was because I had always wanted to move to LA because I still had in my head, like I want to like go model. I want to like go do something more fun. I want to do like cool stuff. I want to go be in Playboy, like that kind of thing. And not only that, but when I was in high school, I also saw this documentary on women in adult film and just the way they were portrayed, like it was just so cool to me. And like, I wasn't even, I was so restricted as a child, like, and my, my, you know, I was a goody two shoes, like straight A student, like teacher's pet, like everybody, you know, so square. I mean, I did kind of corrupt on my friends because I would go out and party and stuff, but like, more or less, I was like super square, very well, well-rounded in all these activities. And like, I don't know, I just wanted to do porn. I don't know what the fuck it was, but I was like, I want to do porn. But that was always in the back of my head. Obviously, I never told people because like, what, like, I'm not going to fucking tell people I want to do porn. That's so weird. Told like an ex-boyfriend and it was like in passing. But like at that time when I was webcamming and feeling unsettled and I was like, oh my God, I'm about to be 25. And I had had a couple relatives just pass away at the same time. And like, when I was at that funeral, I was like, life is so short. Like, who knows what's going to happen at any given time? Like, nobody knows. And I was like, if I'm going to move, I better do this now. While I like, you know, I'm, I'm young, like, I don't have really responsibilities. <laughs> it took so much because like, I didn't know anybody in LA. I didn't even know where to start. So I just Googled how to be a porn star and that's when I found OC Modeling, which was my agency. And I just emailed them. Like, I had my best friend take these photos of me, and they were so terrible. It was just, like, me and, like, lingerie on the fucking carpet on my bedroom floor. And, like, I don't even know where they are right now. They were just so terrible. But they emailed me back, and they liked it. They liked what they saw. And they're like, can you come out to L.A., like, you know, sometime soon so we can meet you, and we'll take you to go meet these companies for GoSees. And I'm like, Yeah. So I bought a plane ticket and went out there like a month later and I, uh, I went to meet the agents and, uh, the whole time I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, who am I anymore? Like, it was crazy. It just felt so surreal. But, um, 
I did. And I went out there, I met some companies, I went to like Hustler, and I was like, and you know, a few others. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I want to try this. I want to do this. Cause like I was webcamming at the time and like, you know, girls were doing like girl, girl shows and it was like super, I was like integrated in that world already. So I was more comfortable. So, um, I, I was like, yeah, I'll do this. So at the time I was like living in New York. So I'd fly out like once, maybe like once a month or so. And then finally, I think I did that once actually. And then I finally moved into the model house for a full month. And uh, I was just filming there. And then I got a place in Hollywood. And that was that. I shipped a few boxes of stuff out and restarted my life. And here we are. Wow. Can I ask? uh, So uh, first off, can I ask what the woman with the adult film documentary you saw was that inspired you? Because most documentaries on adult are pretty skewed like towards the negative I don't know if it was like my teenage brain that chose not to see the negative or I was just so enthralled by the lifestyles that were being shown on the TV of like all these like you know what I mean I don't remember I don't remember so long ago but I just knew I think like Jenna Jameson was in there they're showing like her heyday like well how she made like all this money and she was like a hustler and like I've always been that way so I was like yeah I could definitely crush that I could do it Hmm. I was like, where is this thought coming from? Like, I don't know. It was just some girl from upstate New York, the country. Like, I don't know. I just, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. (laughs) Were you, I mean, were you like a pretty sexual person before you started webcamming and stuff like that? Like, were you fairly comfortable with your body and sexuality? Or was it something that you really only came into when you started webcamming? It was something that, like, was always in, like, I was never, like, quote-unquote slutty or anything. Like, I was a girl that was always in relationships with, like, one guy, but it was something I had, like, in me. And then, like, yeah. I, you know, it was just in there. So, like, it just had to come out. So, webcamming just helped me bring that out. And then, like, I was dating this guy at the time, and, like, he was also, like, very open-minded and, like, he helped like together we kind of like explored that world so like we would go to like swingers parties and like we had like threesomes and I was chill about it like I loved it it was so fun for me and I was like okay we're on to something here this is fun like why do people make such a big deal out of this this is not a big deal it's just like a fun time you know so that also further confirmed like okay I can definitely handle you know being in the adult industry so and then I also Sorry, I was, uh, I remember very vividly, I, uh, when I was a cam model in 2012, I went to Exotica in New Jersey, just as like a cam model. And I met some adult people there, Huggy and uh, Jesse Jones, like I just met them randomly in New Jersey when I was like, just a cam girl. And they were talking to me about doing porn. And I remember, um, I was like, Oh, I'm going to sign with this specific agency that I had found because they had a lot of top names. And they were like, don't sign with him. Don't sign with him. And I'm not going to say who. I'm sure you know who. Oh, it's fine. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, but you know what? If I hadn't run into them, I would have. Mm. So crazy. They have right? a very professional looking um, facade. Mm. So it's easy to pull people in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So you come out to LA and you're at the model house. What was the model house like? Because I've heard so many horror stories about staying in model houses. So I wonder if you had kind of like that similar experience or was it different for you? Did you like, you know, like 
have a lot of camaraderie with, you know, other girls you met in the industry, like kind of like became friends and they helped mm-hmm. walk you through, gave you advice, that kind of thing. What was your experience like? It was so great. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. It was like, we were all so new. So it was like, we were all in it together. And I think the only girl left that I lived with is Carmen Caliente. And uh, so it was me, her, and then two other girls that were Brooke, Brooke Wilde and Taylor White. And then, um, Bailey Bay. So it was all of us were living together and we were pretty crowded in there, but like, you know, we were so new. We're like, we're porn stars. We're living in LA. You know what I mean? We're in that, we were in that, like as every single new girl gets in that like state. Yeah. And obviously that falters real quick, but like for that brief period of time, I was there, it was only like a month or so. Like it was so fun. It was like, you know, cause it's like, there were so few other humans that could possibly relate to what I was, what we were all doing at the time Mm. so it was like having a sisterhood of sorts we would like go to the mall we go to the beach like we would just do stuff together and then like go to work and then come back and like talk about work and it was just cool like we all loved it but like yeah it definitely got messy like literally messy like there's four or five girls whatever living there like it's gonna get messy um so i was definitely ready to like have my own place but it was a really good intro to that world um, you know, it was like a safe little bubble for us to like all be in. It's funny when you said sisterhood, because I had Lena Paul on once and we, we deemed it the sisterhood of no pants. So, um, <laughs> I always think about that. Oh my God. Good, right? I got to tweet that. That's a tweetable. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, I've had a couple people hashtag that one. Um, so you're in LA, you are with OC modeling and you're diving into porn for the first time. Can you tell me about your first scene and what that was like for you? Yeah. So I started off slow the way I operate. I'm like, well, not so much anymore, but like back then I'm a very like tiptoe into things, go slow, get my feet wet, get used to things. So, um, I was making my money doing webcamming. So it wasn't like I was filming for the money. I was doing it cause I wanted to, but, um, so I started off doing just girl, girl, you know, cause it's like a lot softer. It's like not as intense. I was like, this is going to be a good way for me to get introduced to the industry. So my very first scene, it was like a pantyhose fetish company. And like, it was a solo and it was, I had been introduced to fetishes before. So it was like, whatever, ain't no thing. Um, my real for a real company, it was hustler. That was also a solo. And I remember the crew was so shocked at how well I did because it was like my second scene ever. But since I had been camming for like two years before that, I was just like a natural, like talking to the camera. Um, Oh, I find for sure that girls who were cam girls at first are like great because yeah, like they're used to talking and that interaction and basically like entertaining uh, a camera, which is essentially what you're doing. Same thing that you're doing when you're shooting. So, and it's like, I, it's literally like, you're just talking to yourself. I can talk to myself, like to the camera for eternity. So I did that. And then my first, that was good. I was like pretty nervous. Cause you know, in my head, I was like, I'm at hustle her. What the hell is going on? Like it's, it was crazy, you know? Cause like I had just seen magazines and stuff over the years growing up. And then my big scene again, my big first scene was also for hustler. It was a um, girl, girl, like cop scene. Um, And it was, I was terrified. Like, (laughs) cause like, you know, I had done my fair share of like fun time with 
girls before, but in my personal life with like my boyfriend. So it wasn't like a cameras around and like, and you didn't have to like open up to camera and like lick yeah. pussy sideways. <laughs> All those tricks that we have, you have to learn when you're shooting. Your tongue's like stretching. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I find honestly that a lot of times shooting girl, girl with inexperienced girls is much harder than boy, girl, because a lot of the positions with girl, girl, it's difficult to see the action. Yes. Um, because the penis creates like a separation between the bodies that allows you to see what's going on. But with girls, it's really easy to just bury your face in there and all you get is the back of someone's head. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's like a whole art to shooting girl, girl for, for sure. Yeah. So uh, it was with this girl, Jeannie Marie. And luckily, like she knew I was brand new and she was pretty seasoned and she's like, no worries. I got you. And I was like, okay, okay. So she like led the scene basically. And like, I followed suit. So it turned out pretty good. But I'm sure if I were watching now, I would be like appalled at like the performance. But you know, that's how I guess things always are. Um, And that was that. And then I really just did, I did girl girl for a while. And uh, like, since day one, I always had like that business mindset. So I'm like, oh, there's tears to this. So I can do girl girl, then I can get a rate for boy girl, then I can get a, you know, going up and up all all the different stuff. So I was like, okay, so I did girl girl for a bit. And then I was like, I'm ready to do boy girl. So I got a contract with Brazzers for my first three scenes for boy girl. And then what was your first boy girl like? uh, That was it was fun. It was with um, it was they were they let me like pick the I'm sorry, it was with my geek, so it was with Mofos with my first one, and they let me right. pick the male talent, and it was I picked Van Wild because he was a friend, he's still a friend of mine, but like, um, he was one of the first people that like I ever met. Like, we would go to the beach together, me and him, and like all the girls in the model house. So I was super comfortable with him, and I was like, I definitely want someone that I'm comfortable with. So like, it yeah, was just like great. a chill day on set, like with a friend, you know. So it was a good, mm-hmm. it was a good, good call for a first scene. Yeah. I really liked, I think that you got into the industry in a really, through a great door um, that not every girl is as privileged to have. I, I really liked how you said that you, you know, you came in and you started shooting porn, not because like you needed the money, but because you wanted to. So you are already kind of financially independent through the webcamming, which mm-hmm. is such a great way to start when you get into the industry because then you never feel pressured to say yes to a scene that you don't want to do because you have to pay rent or you're worried about money. Uh, I had, I interviewed Kate Kennedy and uh, she made a great point about how like she just kind of moved out to LA because she was like, Oh, that's where all the porn is before like establishing herself like as a performer and, 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 and getting her name out there so that she got a lot of bookings. So she was like incredibly broke when she first moved out to LA because it's expensive to live here. And I think some girls think that they're going to come out here starting porn and they're just going to be booked every single day right off the bat. And that's not everybody's story. So if you come in with some kind of nest egg or some kind of, other means of making money. It just allows you so much more agency over your career when you start. And it's just, you know, I wish more girls, I know it's not possible for every girl because not every girl knows how to 
right. become financially independent before they get in. Like you're an entrepreneur, you come from a media background. So like you understood all of those things. Some girls just come in, they're like, I'm 18 and I hate my parents. So I'm going to shoot porn and like, I'll do whatever, you know? And I, those stories always make me go like, Oh, I wish. Same. Makes That's me kind of wish like we had training school or something. Not that these, I, not I, er, like any, but everybody's going to go to school or listen to anyone's advice. I People are going to do what they're going to do. I know. Yeah. I totally feel that. I know it's like, I I have feelings about that. It's like, I kind of feel like the age should be a little bit higher for you to be allowed to get into porn, like maybe 21, but that's whatever. But, um, you know, I feel like your brain's a little bit more developed. And I say that with respect, you know, it's just like, really, because when I was 18, I was a fucking mess. I was like a hot ass mess. I couldn't imagine like me in 18 in LA. Ooh, I don't know where I would be right now, but it wouldn't be here. Like I would have been partying all the time and like, it would just be crazy. I'm not saying every 18 year old does that. I'm just saying me personally. Um, so yeah. I'm kind of glad I got in when I did later in life after I got all most of that out of my system. But yeah, I mean like there's a lot, you don't. I mean shit, even when I moved out to LA, like I didn't know a lot. Like I, I there's no manual for anything for porn is like what's a douche like i don't know like what do i do with this thing like i have to and use like, tea tree oil like what what do you mean and why isn't there a manual like i swear to god we all say this all the time when we have these conversations and i feel like this is like opportunity going like holly you dumbass write a book and i don't know why i have it nobody else has but like <sighs> a porn 101 manual would be so great for like so many people. So, yeah. well, I do yeah. my best at that. Like even, you know, now that OnlyFans is like popping right now, I do YouTube videos and I recorded a bunch and one of them and I do live streams every day because I see like a lot of my friends that are not even in the business. Like some of them are getting on OnlyFans. Some of them are like, I want to do adult film. I'm like, okay. Like, so one of the video streams I did was like, know this before you get into adult entertainment. Cause I've had friends get into adult entertainment and they're like, I'm going to do it on the DL. And it's like, that's not a thing. You can't like, people are going to find out. So I did this stream and I was like, just know that if you're going to do this, like everyone, you know, is going to find out your family, your friends, your fucking grandma, like everybody's going to know, like plan accordingly. It's not like a discreet thing. So that's like one, one of this, one of the components of it. It's just like a lot of stuff that you people, I feel like I know, but it's just because I know things doesn't mean everybody else knows things. So I like to share that and try to help people best I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, actually, now that you're like a seasoned performer um, and an independent woman, what advice, what do you think the greatest piece of advice that you would give to a new girl would be? Don't count on companies to put money in your pocket. Like, as in other words, don't like what you were saying before, do not get into the business being like, oh, I'm just going to make all this money shooting for companies. Like, no, you're going to make your most money owning the most content. So for me, like I always, <laughs> maybe it's not so good, but I always, pri- I would turn down scenes from my agent so I could go shoot my own scenes. So I own like 450 scenes right now. So like, I just keep I can chop them up. I can resell them. I can make compilation videos. Like they will last forever, you know? And it's like own as much of your own content as possible. There's no residuals with the scenes you get. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it's good. It's good to go shoot for companies like, but it gives you freedom to be picky. So you're not feeling 
like pressured to go film something you might not necessarily want to film because you need the money. Like the industry is what you make of it. So why wouldn't you make it fun? And, and, you know, it's, it's, you're using your body. Like just, I just, I just feel like you should own. And also like, if you own your scenes, if you own as much as you can, like that's stuff that you can make money off of forever. It's a long term versus sh- being short sighted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I grew up the daughter of pornographers. My parents made porn mm-hmm. and they always taught me to never depend on any one person, any one client always create and own your own content. I mean, back in the day, you know, my when my mom was shooting, it was really just magazine stuff that she did. Um, she did a couple of terrible pornos back in the 70s, but for the most part, she just did photography. And she, unlike so many of her other competitors, um, insisted on owning the content so that she could resell it to other magazines because you'd have other like smaller foreign magazines that buy second rights, third rights, that kind of thing. So back then, that's where she made the money. This is obviously well before the internet came along. But she was one of the few people that did that. You know, so many other people were just comfortable with the idea of just shooting for a client because you have to be a hustler if you're going to own your own content and sell your own content, yes, right? So you, yes, it's you more do. work, but it's, it's more reward at the end. And so when the internet came along, my mom had like the largest personal library of erotic content than anybody else. And so she launched her website like back in 98 and she made so much money. And it was, and she was so lucky because she owned everything and all of her other contemporaries, like Arnie Freytag, who was um, a photographer at Playboy, because my mom used to work for Playboy. Mm -hmm. He shot for Playboy for many, many years. And he, you know, did a ton of Playmate centerfolds and he was a great photographer, but, you know, working for Playboy, he never owned anything that he shot. And then eventually they booted him, you know, when it like kind of took over and you and Hefner wasn't really in charge anymore. And then he had nothing. And I see that now too with the quarantine, all these other producers and photographers who have only ever relied on shooting for one particular client for all these years are suddenly totally fucked because they're out of work. Um, And it makes me so grateful that, you know, I launched my own website, that I like started other revenue streams, that I started this podcast, like Mm -hmm. all these other things are keeping me afloat right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important, but you're right. You have to be a hustler. mm -hmm. You have to be, but you should be a hustler if you're going to get into this business. You, you, I think it's, I think it's crucial. Like, yeah, if you're going to if you're going to expose yourself to the stigma that the adult industry is inevitably going to rain down on you, mm-hmm. then you better be prepared to be able to not only weather that storm, but re- like retain some independence and um, financial independence um, is so important because you just as with any business, you never know, like. One minute you're the favorite and then the next minute some new like producer comes in or something like that and they they don't like you anymore. It's happened mm-hmm. to me so many times with clients like up and down, up and down. I've been let go from companies and then brought back in. It's just like you never know. Yeah, you got to have your own back at all times and I'm fortunate that I've like always had that mentality and also I hate being told what to do and I especially when yeah. it comes with my body, I'm like no, like I can't like, so it's, it's so nice to have that cushion and to know that I have my own back. And like, if something happens where I can't go film a scene, I'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. 
Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. Did you know that healthy sperm counts have dropped by 50% in the last 40 years globally? Hormonal imbalances have become so commonplace in modern male health that you might not even realize that you are being affected, but there is something you can do about it, and Let's Get Checked is here to help. Let's Get Checked is a company with the mission to make professional health testing easily accessible and patient-led. Let's Get Checked offers comprehensive male hormone tests that track up to five biomarkers delivered right to your door. The process is really easy. Here's how it works. First, you go to trylgc.com slash holly, choose your test online, and it will be delivered to you in discreet packaging with next day delivery. Collect your sample in the morning and return it same day. Once it hits the lab, your results will be available in your secure online account within two to five days. Their dedicated team of physicians and nurses are available 24-7 to explain your results and provide treatment options if necessary. It's so important to understand your health and Let's Get Checked makes that so easy. So head over to trylgc.com slash holly and get 20% off with my code holly to get checked. That's trylgc.com slash holly with my code holly to get 20% off. Make sure that you understand your health with Let's Get Checked. Hey, I'm Molly Stewart, Twisties Treat of the Year, and you're listening to Holly Randall Unfiltered, sponsored by Twisties. Twisties is a leading glamour porn site for exclusively lesbian and girl-girl content. Since starting my journey with Twisties, I have shot some incredible scenes with some of the best girls, making some truly amazing fantasies come to life. For 18 years, they have featured the biggest names in the industry, recently rebranding to exclusively female content. Twisties stays focused on raising the bar of what modern porn looks like, while highlighting the up-and-coming talent of our generation. Their Treats of the Month and now Treat of the Year give viewers a taste of what their favorite girls are like under the wrapper. My journey since being their Treat of the Month in January of 2018 has been incredible, and I can't wait to see what they have in store for the future. To unwrap the hottest treats and mouthwatering scenes, visit twisties.com and find them on Twitter at twisties and Instagram at twisties treats. Okay, so we're back. So Alex, I wanted to ask you because you did mention when you were talking about girls getting into the industry and not really thinking it through about how everybody would find out, your family would find out. So I assume your family knows. Um, I assume, especially since you're, it sounds like you're there with them right now. Uh, so how I'm did like that them. go for, how did that go for you? Because I know that um, that's a big concern for a lot of girls. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so I obviously like, it like when I got in I knew I was like yeah my family's gonna find out like I'll tell them eventually which like I I ended up like telling everyone separately but so like my dad was like he was just like you know like I'd rather you were doing something else but as long as you're happy and you're healthy and you're making money good for you like you do you like go get it and I was like okay that's a really healthy view to take I was, yeah, it was nice. And, uh, were you surprised? Not really, because, you know, I think I I definitely get my real, I'm like pretty chill. I think definitely get that from my dad. Like, he's just like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, with the flow and nothing's like that big of a deal. My mom, on the other hand, did not speak to me for four years. So that was rough. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was rough. Um, but we never really had like a really a good relationship anyway. So it's like I really was pretty like 
I've always been like pretty independent as it is. So it's not like it like it wasn't like we were close and then we just stopped talking. It wasn't like that. So it was kind of just like a thing where if I ever wanted to call her, I was like, oh, I can't do that because she's not speaking to me. And it was like for four years, we just didn't speak. So I was like just really on my own for I mean, obviously, like I had friends, but like, yeah, I was just you know not really I wasn't like that tight with my dad either but it was good to know like he he like supported me but um yeah it was like a weird time because I felt like I didn't really have I mean people so my friends had my back and everything but I didn't have that family having my back which was fine like again I've always been very independent my brother was very supportive too like he's five years younger than me and we're besties and he was like okay thanks for telling me like I don't care what you do he had a very similar reaction as my dad he's like you know if that's what you want to do like good for you that you're doing what you want to do that's great that's that's great it's good that you had at least some people in your family supporting you I find that when I talk to people about that it's generally like if there is any pushback against it it's usually either the father or the mother that gets very upset and then you know one one or the other kind of accepts it more. Yes. So um, it's kind of interesting how that works. But is your how's your relationship with your mom now? I'm assuming you guys are speaking now. Yeah, yeah, we're good now. We're good. And you know what it was? So my dad passed away in 2017. So really after that, it was like, okay, well, you know, life is short. We need mm-hmm. to make amends. Like we're both very, very stubborn people. So it took a lot for her to, for like, she never really said anything, but we just kind of, like, hugged and, like, didn't speak of it. We don't really speak about it now. Like, now sometimes, like, she'll call and be like, oh, I'm going to work. And she's like, okay, I'll talk to you later. So it's like, we just know. We just, it's mm-hmm. fine. It's good. It's good now, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. It's, unfortunately, sometimes something like death kind of ha- is what forces you to realize what's important in life and connection mm-hmm. with the people that are still living. Exactly. It's interesting, too, because you said that, like, I think when you like went to your grandparents' funeral was when you realized that you hated the job that you were in and you needed to go and like do what you wanted to do. So yeah, it's yeah, an I, eye opener for sure. It really, like, yeah. and when my dad passed away, like it really, again, like it just kind of solidified. It's like, wow. Like, first of all, I need to clean up my own life cause I'm doing some shit that is not congruent with who I am. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was an eye-opener. And then, like, it just, it further solidified for me, like, what's truly important in life, which is relationships and family and loved ones and staying healthy and taking care of yourself and all that stuff. So I'm, like, a very silver-lining person and glass-half-full person. So, you know, I I, I see it. That's how I see it. And, and you know, and now I also see it. Okay, well, he was proud of me. Let me continue to live my life in a way that will um, help continue to make him proud. Yeah. Honor the fact that you're an independent woman. I think that Mm. that's, you know, and self-sufficient, you know, there's so many people out there with, you know, my, my parents have always been so grateful that my siblings and I are all self-sufficient, you know, because I know that there's Mm -hmm. definitely parents out there that have kids that they just can't like get off the couch. Right. You know, know. so I know. So it really kind of doesn't surprise me that you've become this kind of personal, um, you know, boss bitch, entrepreneur, um, clip. I love when you say that. 
<laughs> right? I'm not, I'm trying to think of like more adjectives, but I my my vocabulary is limited. I because I remember when I met you was when at DP Star when I was a judge for DP Star. Yeah. And you came through and you gave us all stickers of yourself. Oh, I did. Yeah, your not- brands. <laughs> yes. I, I remember that. Yeah. I did not because that made an impression on me. And you said that you were really into marketing. I think you talked about your marketing background. Mm. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, this is a girl that understands that porn is a career and that it's something that you can truly have longevity in and really like build a business around, you know, it's not something that you come in and you do for a summer. Cause like you want to get back at your boyfriend or like, you know, or, like you want to make enough money so that you can like go to Greece or, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Like there's, and, and because of the stigma around it, like you better come in there with ideas of longevity and making it like a serious career yeah. or it's like either if you do one scene, you may as well do a thousand scenes. Like it's not, uh, it's not a pool of water. You want to just dip your toe into to like, see what you, how you feel, especially now with the internet, maybe back in the day, you know, your, your scenes could be buried in on some random VHS compilation that would eventually go out of production. Right. That's not the case anymore. So. Fuck no. It's funny. You say that too. Like, cause, uh, you know, you can do one or a thousand scenes. Cause I have, you know, I, got some friends that like got in and they I was I'm very straight up I'm like listen like this is what's gonna happen everyone will find out like you will forever be labeled a porn star if you do one scene or you do a bunch so you might as well just like just go you know just go do what you want to do but like at the end of the day like the red the what's it called the scarlet letter is always going to be with you so you might as well own the fuck out of it and just maximize it and get your fucking money and make something of your of your career you know yeah what do you feel like has been the most rewarding thing about working in adults well i i don't think i would have ever truly found myself if i didn't get into adult like i if I didn't do this, I would still be like a shell of a human, like working at an office job, like wondering why I wasn't fulfilled and happy. Like I was supposed to be like, it really forced me like, first of all, when you work for yourself, it's like the biggest game of self-discovery and like the better you know yourself, the better you will do. So it's like this huge, like personal development expedition that you go on and like, yeah, I never would have truly known who I was as a person. And even then it took a long, many years to even get there. And also it's like when you're naked on camera and you're doing this, like, so you're such an intimate act for millions around the world to see. It's so taboo. I mean, I think we're getting better in that sense as a society, but like, it's like pretty taboo. So there's still stigma. (laughs) It's like, you really don't give a fuck much about anything. Like if people, like what people have to think about you or like say about you, like it doesn't, matter it's like you've already done this crazy thing that everyone's like oh my god you're doing this and it's like oh it's really not that big of a deal like you know it's just my life now so it it makes you like for me like I've done this I can do anything like anything you know I feel like when you get into porn especially like we were saying like nobody teaches you anything and it's like every I don't want to be like, you know, it's not like every man for himself, but a woman for herself, but it kind of is because it's like, figure it out. It's like you're thrown to the wolves. And like, 
So now that I've conquered this, it's like I can for sure do anything. I'm super confident in that. So yeah, I feel that. It, it definitely gives you a thick skin. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is like the one, what one thing has it made you realize about yourself? Um, that I'm capable of far more than, than I could have ever, ever, ever imagined. I mean, like, and also that like, my intuition is always on point. My gut is always right. If my gut is telling me I want to do something, it's because I want to do something. Like my gut was telling me I had to move out to LA and I had this little voice in my head and it never went away until I did it and got into porn and then it vanished and I was like holy fuck it's because like I always knew where I was supposed to end up Does mm. that, like if that makes sense like yeah it just it taught me how to trust myself and also navigating LA like as a 20 something year old female like in the adult industry like <laughs> again it's like you're thrown to the wolves so it's like I can you know I can do anything right right yeah that is absolutely true so obviously working an adult has given you independence. Um, being a content creator has given you independence and not having to work a nine to five soul crushing job has given you some freedom. Mm-hmm. So I imagine there are some other talents that you have been able to explore and expand upon. And I believe music is one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so- I, yeah, I make uh, electronic music. It's me and my brother. We have a duo. It's called Fancy Monster. Um, yeah, we've been doing that. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> it's one of those things, one of those industries where it's like, I. So I have been going to like raves and festivals for since like 2010. I just have. I, I'm such. I'm so into the culture. Like that's my thing. Like it's. It's. You know what it is. It's. So, it's so congruent to adult because it's a place where people of all walks of life can go and fully freely express themselves and be themselves in an accepting non-judgmental community. And that's what I love about it so much. And that's why it's so important to me. That's why it's always going to be a part of my life. So I was going to these shows and like, for me, I'm the type of person where I'm like, you know, when I want to do something, I fucking do it. So I was at a show with my brother, like in 2012 and we were watching the DJ and he been, he's been producing music since like 2010 so I was like, wait, I was like, wait, wait, we, we, we can do this. Like we should do that. And he's like, wait, we should. I was like, yeah, we, we should. So we started this group. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. It's seven years later. I'm still going. We're finally, we just dropped another song today. We're only self-releasing. It goes back to like, I want to own all my own stuff it took so much navigating, so much networking, so much research, but it's like we finally cracked the code as far as like how to get plays and like how to infuse ourselves in this industry and really how to get into it and all the branding and stuff like that. It has been one hell of a journey, but we're finally just starting. We just played our, we played our first festival a couple of years ago, but like now there's more interest in us now. It's, it's like now the ball is just starting to roll, but it's so funny because I look back and I'm like, if I would have thought it would have taken seven years, I don't know if I would have done this. <laughs> it's a long time. And it's like, I have so much respect for artists now because nobody tells you. It's one of those things, again, like porn. It's like, it's like thrown to the walls, figure it out. Nobody's going to tell you anything. Even more so in music, I find like, it's more of like a boy. There's a lot of men in there and like, yeah, there's women, but it's like people are not keen on on sharing their like secrets. So I'm like, I'm one of those people that like, it's almost like, well, fuck you. Then I'm going to figure it out. Like just watch. Mm -hmm. So I just stuck my, I just like put my blinders up and like, 
you know, I haven't stopped working and it's finally paying off. So yeah, it's fun. I'm excited. That's interesting what you say about the music industry and people not wanting to share their secrets because mm-hmm. I find that often it's kind of the opposite in the adult industry. And I think it's because we're such the black sheep of the adult, of, sorry, of the entertainment industry in general, that yeah. there's like a real sense of like camaraderie um, within the adult industry because it's almost like an us against the world type of yes. mentality. Yes, yes. So we we like to band together and try to help each other. And obviously, like there's people who attack each other and there's infighting and all that kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, that's inevitable. That's never going to go away, especially when if like a large portion of your performers are like between the ages of 18 and 20 living out basically like (laughs) their, their college years and their immature, um, you know, working out those immaturity kinks that, you know, most of us don't like finally become like a real, not to say real person, but, um, logical human, an adult. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know why I, that was such a hard word for me to find an adult, until we're older. And so it's like, you see these girls, that's what worries me about the young girls being in the industry. And I'm, I I can't subscribe to the, uh, don't get into 18 or don't get in until you're later crowd because there's arguments for both sides. And, 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 and I, I respect both those arguments. Um, and not being a performer myself, sometimes I don't really like to like have a flat out opinion about what performers should do when I'm not sure. one of them. Sure. You know, and there are very um, many, there are mature 18 year olds, you know what oh, I mean? It's totally. just like a very blanketed statement to me, but also it's like, yeah, I mean, I mean like when you get into adult, it's like, if you know the people to ask, they'll tell you, but it's like when you get in as a new girl, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so scared. Like, I don't know anybody. Like I'm all like nervous and intimidated, but like, yes, people for sure are so like, I'm and for me too I'm like always happy to like help people like I want everyone to do well and like you know like like you said it's a it's a small community and I don't think a lot of people realize that it is a very small community and I feel like every people do have each other's backs especially when it comes to like mainstream and like the way we're portrayed in mainstream sometimes and like the way that the adult industry like rebuttals to that you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I know like Maitland Ward is a good example. She's doing such a good job, like all the articles coming out and like in touch and stuff in those mainstream publications that she's being like sex positive. And it's like, yes, like, yes. Cause that's how it is. It's not like all like people that I've talked to, they're like, Oh, so people are like doing blow on set and like people are having orgies on set. I'm like, no, what do you mean? Like, it's not like that. But I feel like that's how the public like sees us like these crazy people. And it's like real, I'm like so square. Like, it's not like that at all. Yeah, no, you're you're right. And well, I mean, the world generally sees us as like sexual deviants, <laughs> you know, incredibly frustrating because they think, you know, one can't hold down a real job or, you know, be a responsible member of society or like even be around children in our personal <laughs> lives. Like people just have these crazy ideas, you know. Yeah. And um it's funny actually, I did a podcast earlier this week that's not adult related and sort of jokingly the host asked me, he's like, so like at the end of each set, each shoot, you guys like all get together and all like fuck each other. Right. Like the cameramen and the caterers and like the models and all that stuff. I know that's what I said. I said, the funniest part about that assumption is that you think that we have catering. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But that aside, that's also pretty ridiculous. Like, yes, everyone just gets in this pool and go. Yeah. (laughs) 
And I was like, yeah, definitely. You know, after we've shot like a 10 hour day, everyone's exhausted. We, uh, we want to go home. Like the performers are sweaty and disgusting. And you know, the girl's been doing reverse cowgirl for like 30 fucking minutes. <laughs> Try doing squats on like a soft surface for 30 minutes. Literally. And, let me, and that's what reverse cowgirl is in porn. Yes. Oh my God. People don't realize that. I heard, you know, it's funny when I was telling you about the Exotica incident, not incident, mm-hmm. experience. Um, yeah. When I saw the guy speak, I forget who he was, but he was saying that like, um, God, what was he saying? Wow, what was I fucking talking about? I just like totally lost my train of thought here. Um, oh, sexual Olympians. He's like, porn stars are yes. sexual Olympians. And oh my God. it didn't really hit me until after I started like doing boy girl. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, cause it's a performance. And it's like, like you said, squats for 30 minutes. You better be in good shape and be able to like, you know, last that long. It's a workout. <laughs> it's exhausting. I get tired watching it. Like, I don't understand how you guys do that. I'm just like, this is terrible. This, I, this is, te- this looks terrible. This looks like terrible, like the worst exercise regime ever and I'm so glad that I'm behind the camera because I don't want to do reverse cowgirl for any minutes whatsoever and not only that but like it feels really good for that entire time you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah, no I love it though I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it obviously yeah well I, I yeah I mean I don't want to suggest that people don't love performing but um, I don't want people to think that, you know, I want, I guess I, what I want is people to understand that it is hard work and I am sure that you have days as everybody else has days where they're just like, I just want this day to be over. Oh, <laughs> like I am yeah. tired. Especially like I would like to go home. Yeah. Like we are in a shoot house where it's like 40 degrees and there's no space heater and you have to be naked for like five hours. Yes. Stuff like that. Like, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the opposite. Or the opposite. It's 115 degrees and you have to go shoot outside in direct sun, reverse cowgirl for 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just, I, it can, I the, weather, the weather is a lot to do with comfortable or uncomfortable experiences. For sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. It's a, it's always an adventure. Yeah. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. This was really fun. Um, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Any websites you want to tell about? You mentioned you had a YouTube channel, like wherever people can find more about you. So about me, first of all, I do want to say I have just started using this new website for performers. It's called Monetize. It's so great. All you do is you upload one scene and it's built for by performers for performers. You can sign into like your OnlyFans, Pornhub, Fan Central, all of the above. Put clips for sale, upload the video with one click, and it goes to all those websites at once. So that's like saves you a lot of effing time. So, you know, yeah. if you want to sign up for that, that's been a godsend in my life. But aside from that, I am on um, my OnlyFans. It's alexlinks.world. That is my fan club. I am on there all the time. That's that's like my life. I love it so much. Um, obviously, Pornhub, you know, people can type in my name on there. Um, I am on Twitter. It's at the Alex Links. Instagram is at the Alex Links as well. Facebook.com slash Alex Links. YouTube.com slash Alex Links. You were also smart to go out and get all of those URLs before some asshole could steal them and pretend to be you. 
Oh yeah, I uh, I have someone on alexlinks.com that was like, I want $3,000. I was like, you can suck my fucking dick. Like, I'm just going to go make all these other websites. Bye, have fun with that. (laughs) That's another piece of advice I give to brand new girls before their first scene comes out. I'm like, go buy your URL. Go get your social media handles. Like, do it right now because somebody else will take it from you. Yeah, like a sketchy ass agent or maybe even not. Maybe just like a random person. But yeah, that's very good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I made the mistake of uh, coining what I thought was a fantastic phrase uh, when I had Carla Cush on uh, the lifestyle squirter, and I was like, "Oh my god, I got to buy that URL!" And sure enough, I uh, released the episode and didn't buy that URL. And then when I released it, I remembered. I'm like, "Oh, I got to go get it!" And fucking someone took it. Uh, just listened some- to my sh- podcast and took it, and I was like, "Some guy in my basement is just like, yes, that's life- my bad." Uh, That's my bad. It's okay, love and love. Oh, my God. Um, anyhow, again, thank you so much. Um, stay safe. Enjoy enjoy quarantine, I suppose, as much as one can. <laughs> yeah, you too. It was a pleasure. It was really good talking to you, Holly. Thank you. And you guys can follow me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. Also, don't forget to support my show at patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to my show. If you're a longtime listener or a new one, I've got a lot of interviews. So make sure you check out everything from the beginning of my catalog because there's some real gems back in the early days of the show. And if you enjoy this show, there's a couple of things that you can do to support it. First of all, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, rate me five stars and leave a review. It's incredibly helpful to get my show up in the charts. Secondly, you can join my Patreon for as little as $5 a month and watch the interviews stream live, which by the way, gives you access to my episodes way before anyone else. You can also get signed prints, books, merchandise, such as shirts and mugs, access to my private Snapchat, and a free membership to my website, hollyrandall.com. Plus, I offer tons of bonus content, Q&A with your favorite guests that you cannot hear on the free platforms, and of course, my exclusive bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life, that I do with my production manager, Eva. It gives you a real and hilarious insight into what it takes to run a small porn company like mine. Because trust me, my job, though stressful, awkward, and facepalm ridiculous as it is sometimes, well, it's never boring. And we definitely give you the juicy behind-the-scenes dish that you can't get anywhere else. Plus, Eva's dating life is absolutely hilarious, and she holds nothing back. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered and join the community. Your support helps me in my journey to change people's minds about the adult industry and hopefully the lives of the people in it. Next week on Holly Randall Unfiltered, you definitely want to come back for Phoenix Marie. Phoenix Marie is a powerhouse in the adult industry and she is a slippery one. I have been trying to get her on this show for years and I finally, finally got her on and it was absolutely worth it. She is so funny, holds nothing back, and she actually works in the medical field as well. So she has a lot to teach us about erectile dysfunction, for example. So make sure that you come back next week for Phoenix Marie on Holly Randall Unfiltered.